This is Tweedledee coming from to you from the expert of English and history. And Tweedledum coming to you from the expertise of math and science. Welcome to Talking with Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Today we're discussing the famous play Arcadia by Tom Stoppard. While enjoying our favorite tea imported straight from Derbyshire, which is conveniently where our play begins. Arcadia opens up with Et in Arcadia Ego, which directly translates to Even in Arcadia, there am I. Just opening with this statement is a clear message from Tom Stoppard that this play will be scrumptious, just like these fine stones. Am I right, Tweedledee? Absolutely. The play opens up in 1809 and then switches back and forth from the 1990s, uh, going back to 1809 and 1812. Just to give our listeners a brief overview of the play, the play starts with Septimus Hodge and his uh, pupil, Thomasina Coverley, sitting in um, their estate in Derbyshire. The house is um, in the traditional style. Yes. With park-like landscaping, geometric patterns in the gardens. And just a little note about Thomasina. She's um, fairly smart and uh, definitely inquisitive. Fairly smart? I'd say definitely smart. For a 13-year-old, she's brilliant. And as for Septimus, he's also um, fairly smart himself. Yes, definitely. Now, the story opens up with the revelation that someone has been caught on the gazebo of the property in Carnal Embrace. <gasps> I know, scandalous. Well, anyways, Thomasina really wants to know what this Carnal Embrace may be. Septimus kind of beats around the bush, if you will, not really wanting to kind of tell her what it is, but eventually she does actually find out. Now, then Jellyby appears and tells Septimus that Mr. Chater wants to have a word with him. Uh, Septimus obviously is in the middle of a lesson with Thomasina, so he refuses, but at the end of the um, conversation, Mr. Chater ends up barging into the lesson anyways. With this conversation, the readers can surmise that Septimus and Mrs. Chater were engaged in carnal embrace in the gazebo, and Jellyby the butler discovered this and spread it around the servants, so this is no secret in the house. Now... After this conversation, uh, Septimus and Thomasina go back and forth with many complex ideas, such as uh, a rice pudding and jam really metaphor, where if you stir jam into the rice pudding, it really can't be unstirred, which kind of foreshadows the main ideas in the the rest of the play. Yes, and there's a lot of main ideas. Excellent. Yes, absolutely. Now, um, after... um, after the lesson's over, uh, Mr. Noakes, the gardener who's going to be redoing the gardening in a more romantic style, comes in, and we see that uh, Lady Croom, who really is the only um, parent who is really present in the play, uh, comes in and she says, oh, this garden's hideous, you know, she really likes that classic style, um, but unfortunately, Mr. Noakes' plans show different uh, with the hermitage and like a, a forest of dense trees definitely in the romantic style definitely now um after a confrontation with mr chater uh the play goes to present day where we see um really the descendants of the coverleys uh chloe yes, descendants through many generations yes Chloe and uh, Valentine, who are kind of using the home and more or less 
you know, the home is intact. Yes, it's, it's a research space for both Chloe and Valentine. Valentine wants to research the effect of grouse and how many grouse have been on the property. So even though he's the heir of the house, he wants to use the game books. He says that's his real um, inheritance. inheritance and meaning in life. And um, by using the game books, he can track how many grouse there were from the 1800s all the way up. And he wants to derive a formula, which I'll get to later. Now, his special friend, we'll call her, Hannah, is there. She's um, trying to write a book about the Sidley Hermit, um, which lived in the hermitage that was eventually um, added on in when Mr. Noakes redid the gardens in a romantic style. Now, um, a scholar named Bernard Nightingley uh, Nightingale comes into the picture, and he says, oh, um, I'm looking for information that suggests that Lord Byron, uh, the famous poet, killed Ezra Chater on the property of Sidley Park. Now, Hannah and him don't have the great uh, relationship that we'd hope, but the relationship does improve as the play goes on, um, obviously for the better. Um, it's important to know that um, Bernard Lighting, uh, Nightingale, or Bernard, as the um, English people yeah, pronounce so it. Yeah, the English pronounce Bernard. Uh, he believes that Lord Byron actually slept with Mrs. Chater, who is who Septimus ends up actually having carnal embrace with, and then um, dueled um, Mr. Chater and killed him. Um, then, after the scene, the play shows back to the 1800s, uh, another kind of lesson between Thomasina and Septimus, uh, talking about equations and mathematics and really Thomasina's ideas that she has that are way advanced over time. Then we go back to um, uh, scene four and Hannah and Hannah's kind of on the brink of discovering uh, Thomasina's notes and what she was really thinking and we see that that's way ahead of her time and um, Valentine agrees. Now as the play goes on, more and more is revealed uh, about uh, the Coverleys then in the 1800s and what they're finding out now in the 1900s. Uh, we really don't want to spoil it, per se. Yes, we do not spoil anything for our readers because we feel that it's best to learn when you read it yourself and figure out these or watch notions it. by yourself. Yes, but um, definitely uh, some twist and shocking endings in the play. So, let's get to the themes. Well, first, let's get to... Um, our ste- steaminess rating. As oh, we yes, do. yes. We rate everything. I'd say, uh, you know, it has its fair share of sexual references, uh, but we don't like to talk about that being your respected gentleman. Yes. Uh, however, with all carnal embraces considered, I would probably give this a steaminess rating of 6 out of 10. I'd agree, yes. Yeah. So, definitely, a couple uh, key themes of the play. Art versus science is a major theme, it is a theme that comes up again and again in different conversations. Um, and then that theme will also display itself actually in our podcast um, today, as I'm more someone of the arts and literature, and uh, Tweedledum is someone who is more of the maths and sciences. So throughout this podcast, it's going to be a competition of what's more important in this play. Tweedledee versus Tweedledum, the listeners will make their own conclusions at the end of the podcast of what is more important. Um, arts and science, arts and um, English versus math and science. 
So, uh, first, another main theme is classicism versus romanticism. We can see this in the gardens. The gardens started off in a classical style, they end up in a more romantic style. Even in the late 1990s, they're still in that romantic style. Uh, you can also see that in the characters' actions and personalities. Uh, Lady Croom is definitely more of a classical person, uh, whereas um, Thomasina is more of a romantic. Obviously, we also see the theme of past and present as the play jumps back and forth from the 1800s to the 1990s. Um, also, intellect and emotion is on here. There's a very fine line between intellect and really emotion. You can see that in the relationship between Septimus and Thomasina. We really don't want to spoil the ending, but there is evidence of that uh, later on in the play. Life and death also plays a huge role. Bernard Nightingale, he wants to say that um, Lord Byron f uh, fled England because he killed Mr. Chater. And uh, life also is very prevalent in the play. Uh, not in just the nature of the garden, it's definitely um, a romantic kind of idea, um, but also in the lives that the people are living in the play. Yes, and it's hidden in many different facets, in the characters and in the house itself. Now, I'd say the last theme of the play is really love versus lust. Um, Septimus is having carnal embrace with Mrs. Chater, but he really doesn't love her. It's kind of like a lust um, kind of thing, uh, whereas he really does love uh, Lady Croom, which really becomes evident uh, to the reader as the play progresses. So, Tweedledee, I'd actually like to touch on one of the themes that you just mentioned, which is um, continuity versus time, because I really feel like um, continuity versus time is the biggest theme, and this is represented by the table in the study room. Because on this table, there are many different objects throughout the play, such as a tortoise and apple leaves. Um, we don't want to spoil, really, the crux of the play for the reader, but I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, that this is really the main theme, because it shows that things change over time, but they don't at the same time. Absolutely. Now, if you really um, sit down and watch the play, you'd be able to see that even though the time of the play is changing, the objects on the table are remaining constant. As more objects are introduced in each time period, they're actually staying on the table. You can see that with the apple, you can see that with the tortoise, and um, you know a variety of other objects. So definitely, that's represented in the play. I agree. Um, also, main point we really want to touch on is that we're circling back to how history was and how we uh, perceive it to be. So Bernard Nightingale, he's on a quest for knowledge that could or could not be there um, at Sidley Park in the records. Um, but after looking at what he thinks happened and actually reading and looking at events that actually happened, you know, it kind of begs the question, how much of history as we understand it now is actually how it turned out. Yes, yeah, so on this theme, I would like to delve into the worlds of science and math for a little bit. Um, and I'd like to open this discussion of math and science in this play with a theorem that was briefly touched on in the play, but really conveys a lot of significance to point out how deep these concepts go and how smart Thomasina really was. So this theorem was briefly mentioned, but it goes back to Tweedledee's big theme that almost everything in history could have been done before at some point. Um, so the infinite monkey theorem states that an infinite number of monkeys hitting keys on an infinite number of typewriters for an infinite amount of time 
will lead to one of those monkeys typing any text that has been typed before in the history of mankind. So the example given in this theorem is a work by Shakespeare, any work, because he's considered the most famous writer who's ever lived. So just think about this for a minute. Just to understand this makes my mind boggled. So the fact that Thomasina and Septimus were easily able to discuss this shows the complexity of this play. But the infinite monkey theorem is not the only thing that's touched on. For example, there are many academically challenging topics discussed in this play, including Fermat's last theorem, determinism, iteration, the big chill, and finally, chaos theory. So we're gonna talk about each of these and discuss them as they're used in the play. So first is Fermat's last theorem, which states that A raised to the power of N plus B raised to the power of N equals C raised to the power of N. The play opens with this idea and Septimus, the tutor, gives this theorem to Thomasina to discover. And she has to find values which make this theorem work for A, B, and C. So in the age of computers, in the 1990s, when Valentine was around, this theorem was already solved. Well, no, it's actually important to note that the theorem was actually solved a few years after the play was released. Yes. But the fact that Thomasina, a 13-year-old girl, is trying to solve this equation opens the story up and just lets the readers know that math and science-wise, this play will be rough and roaring. Don't you agree, Tweedledee? Absolutely. So, the next concept that is discussed in this play is the big chill. Heat will ultimately be dispensed in the universe because in billions upon billions of years, there will be no more stars. They'll all have died out. The universe will collapse, much like it started, into one pinprick of light and energy, which contains everything, our Earth, the galaxy, and even the universe is made of. Just think about this. Every single thing, this phone that we're recording on, the device you're listening on, you, your friends, your house, the whole Earth will be in one pinprick of light and energy. Then the Big Bang will start again, and Shakespeare could be rewritten again, just like in the monkeys example. Everything that you're doing right now could happen again after the Big Chill happens. This could have happened a thousand times in our past, and could happen millions of times after we're gone. And we have no way to prove that it could happen or could not happen. So this was discussed in this play, and is just another reason why Thomasina and her tutor Septimus were advanced well beyond their time. So the next big thing I want to talk about, Tweedledee, is iteration. This is the main mathematical and science idea in this play, and was what Thomasina was working on. So unfortunately in her time, she didn't have the resources to finish her work. But in the 1990s, Valentine plotted her points and continued the iteration process on his computer. If only Thomasina had a computer in her time, she would have been very advanced and would have discovered the solution to her problem. So Thomasina first started her iteration process by plotting an apple leaf on a coordinate plane. After this, she would take the y-coordinates and make them the x-coordinates for her next graph. After a few thousand graphs, she thought that a pattern would emerge, and that eventually, if she iterated this process millions of times, which would have taken her an entire lifetime, a pattern of nature would emerge. The pattern of the whole nature. By plotting anything from nature, she thought that the same pattern would eventually emerge, meaning that Thomasina thought she could come up with an equation that describes the uniform, universe. That is insane. Oh my god. I know. As Thomasina put it, if someone was really good at English algebra, they could find this equation. 
And Bernard thought he was the first one to think of this, right? Yes, Trilda D. Even though this topic is mathematical and science, it goes back to that existential question. But let's get back to the point. So Thomasina's iteration um, forms chaos theory. So she was eventually discussing, essentially discussing chaos theory by iterating her graphs. Years before this was even discussed for the first time, Thomasina believed that systems, like anything in nature, that seem like they have irregularities and random states of disorder, can actually be governed into systems that follow a pattern, like nature. This is what Valentine was trying to research later in the same house, that the number of grouse on the house property, like we discussed earlier from the game books, followed a certain pattern, and only varied by little changes in nature. But over a hundred years earlier, Thomasina was trying to prove that this pattern was relevant for something bigger than a few grouse on a few acres. She was trying to prove that this equation was real for the whole universe. And this leads us to our last mathematical point. We've already discussed that Thomasina was eventually, dis eventually discussing one of the most important questions still debated by mankind today, when she was doing her, doing her iterations to find the equation of the universe. Oh, I know. I know. Are scones and muffins better? No, no, no. The question is, are any actions that we do regulated by us, or is everything that we do regulated by some unknown force? This is called determinism, and even Thomasina just grazed the beginning of this existential question. But some believe today that everything I'm saying right now, and the fact that you, listener, are listening to me talk right now, is predetermined. And that is... Creepy. You got it, Tweedledee. So, that is all for the math concepts today, folks. I hope you enjoyed expanding your minds, which is the opposite of what the universe is doing. Well, I personally think that the literary components are the more important ideas of this play. Well, I definitely disagree with you. And that brings us back to one of the biggest themes of the play, art and literature versus science and math. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. We couldn't discuss all of the complex themes, that are in Arcadia. I mean, we could spend days, maybe weeks, exploring just everything that Definitely. there is. And uh, maybe you'll have to tune back for a second podcast on more of the complex themes and ideas in the plot. So I hope you, the readers, have enjoyed listening to us and have enjoyed um, um, and are going to go and read the actual play because I think that's what the whole point or of this... Or watch it. Oh, yes. watching it is way better. It is delightful. I have seen it with my own very eyes. Actually, if you listen to a voice recording, it's nice too. And that's all for today, folks. Tweedledee and Tweedledum signing off.